Your brand is a reflection of your company culture, which essentially is the DNA of your organization. Let me repeat. The DNA of your organization is your culture. And your culture is what differentiates your company from other similar options your target audiences have. And you need to never kid yourself thinking that they don't have other options because they do. And whether those options are more or less exceptional than yours is the different story. But the thing is, no one knows until they try every option. And until that, they need to make up their opinions based on what they have tried, what they can try, and what those others say who have tried or who have been exposed to those other options. Companies who want to manage and control what others say invest time and resources in strategic communication and marketing. And what makes it strategic instead of sporadic and random is a specific plan they follow with specific objectives following this plan is meant to achieve. And those specific objectives are, for example, what we want those others to say about us and think about us. But the problem is, if you decide these objectives on the basis of what seems fun and valid by a small group of people, such as your marketing, communications, HR, it's going to fail. Because your company reputation is built by real experiences, real experiences people have when they come to contact or are exposed to your company in any way, form or shape, through your people, your products, what other people say, what the press writes, and so on. And your company and your employer images are created by those first-hand and other experiences that are summed up as your reputation. And if that reputation and that image are different to what your marketing messages claim, then guess what? Your marketing fails. So this all goes back to what can you effectively say, claim, and expose your audiences to that doesn't require holding your company leaders, management, your employees, your candidates, your customers, your subcontractors, your partners, and all of their friends and families, and people they chat to Friday night at the local pub. What can you effectively say, claim, expose that you don't have to hold all of those people hostage? so that they won't say anything else that it, that it isn't written on your website and claimed by your campaigns. My name is Susanna Rantanen, and I'm your modern employer branding and talent marketing coach. And this podcast is for those who want to learn how to build a modern employer brand and master modern talent marketing. And this podcast is brought to you by Talent Marketing School. Learn more about Talent Marketing School at talentmarketingschool.com. In this episode of the Building a Modern Employer Brand podcast, we're going to get to the bottom of what can you claim to be an offer that doesn't require holding everybody hostage and operating in a vacuum. We're going to talk about what your culture really means for your employer brand. Now, there are over 150 theories about organizational culture, so a lot of perspectives and opinions on what it isn't or is or should be or shouldn't be. But if, for a second, we forget about the word 
organizational in this context and just focus on the on the word of culture for a while. Culture is a uh, manifestation of how a tribe of uh, people behave socially with each other. Culture is the manifestation of the customs, the values, the beliefs of what's right and what is wrong in that in that tribe. It manifests the status and the hierarchies between the participants of this tribe and and this culture. So to sum up, sum, summarize it, culture is the way that we do things here. It is those rhythm and non-written rules of what is accepted, expected, and what is not. And, uh, you know, we humans, as humans, we're also social creatures that have a hardwired need to belong to a tribe. Uh, and we follow those rules uh, because of this need to belong So if you don't obey the rules of a tribe, you will be pushed out. And if you are like a predator, your way of pushing out these objectors can be quite brutal. Now, there are still human tribes in the remote remote parts of the world where they literally kill and eat the intruders. Uh, In the more modern and and civilized uh, Western world, we don't use that kind of physical violence to show people their place in the group or we go to prison. But as many of you have heard, uh, experienced firsthand or witnessed, people can be very caveman-like when it comes to emotional violence. Bullying is the other word for that. That kind of behavior in which uh, social status and acceptance of, uh, you know, in a group are being orchestrated among people from little kids in the kindergarten to adults in workplaces and unfortunately also sometimes in families and friendships where people are using their position, their social status to emotionally show people their pay, their, their place or show people that you don't belong in this group. Every form of a society, which obviously workplaces also, Every form of society has is built by these social organs, and these social organs have every each one of them have a culture, and it's very important to have a culture because the culture is the DNA for that social organ, and the more distinctive culture you have, the easier it is for the members in that culture to operate. A distinctive culture is clear enough for the members within that organ, social group, uh, to know what is expected and accepted. You know, what is the norm here? Because those rules are similar to the ground rules that us as parents need to teach our kids so that our kids can feel safe, they are protected and they're loved, while they're also being taught how to grow up Uh, to a caring, kind, and productive part of the society, how to operate in a society. And not teaching those norms of the culture is a disfavor anybody within that culture, because not knowing what the norms are uh, creates, or or having not having many norms, creates an environment where one needs to be constantly kind of alert 
in order to, you know, feel safe, in order to fit in, in order to be accepted. And your culture at work can be officially described and defined, or maybe it isn't, but it's still there. And everyone who are working and operating within that culture, they know what is right and what is wrong because the drive teaches. People coming, your new employees coming into your culture, they start to automatically detect what are the norms here? How am I supposed to operate here? Even if they're not being explained and showcased and told, they're going to be wondering, can I speak up my mind here or am I going to be silenced? Can I share my ideas here or is that forbidden? Um, Can I feel safe about being who I am and know that I'm still accepted like this or do I need to pretend to be something that I'm not? Is this a safe place to show my vulnerabilities or will somebody use those against me? People quickly start to look for cues to understand the norms and the codes of behavior within a tribe. They try to figure out who are the authorities to look up to and then they start to copy that behavior. Because when somebody seems to be an authority in a group, you assume that how they behave is the norm and how you are also expected to behave. And this is actually why companies really need to pay more attention to who they promote for leadership roles, because it can be so detrimental for the culture if you promote people based on the results that they create for the business instead of based on their values and their behaviors. Because the minute somebody has an elevated official status of an authority in a group, they become that example for others to follow and copy. So last week in episode 95, I spoke to you about what is essential for you uh, to, what is essential for you to know about employer branding that you probably don't know? And you really need to listen to episode 95 if you didn't, because I'm not going to re- repeat the entire episode this week. But I can tell you this. Your brand is what distincts you from the other options that your target audience has. And you don't have a brand. You don't have any kind of brand unless it, it is distinctive. And it is distincted in its... Um, in, in creating value that people can get that they cannot get from the other options. Now, I literally get irritated by people who are using who are who are using employer branding in the context of recruitment marketing or that we're building an employer brand when we are doing videos or posting something on social media. That's wrong. That's not branding or employer branding or an employer brand. You don't have a brand. You don't have any kind of a brand unless it's distinctive in offering additional value that people get only from you that they cannot get from anybody else from the other options that they have. Now, if you think about high-end consumer brands like Gucci or BMW, Gucci makes bags and clothes and sneakers and shoes and stuff and, you know, jewelry and, you know, whatnot, accessories. 
you know, they really offer the same superficial benefits like any other sneakers or clothes or bags. They keep you warm, they cover you up, they give you shoes to walk with, uh, they give, you know, they give you a bag to put your stuff in. Yet people, like me, pay stupid fortunes for that brand. For that brand, not for the bag, for the, for what the brand makes them feel like. Or BMW, it's just a car taking you from A to B, just like any other car that has a working engine and a petrol in the tank or electricity under the hood. Yet some people identify as BMW drivers and would not choose any other option. Stella, she's identifying as a BMW driver, I can tell. Now that's the thing with brands. What makes a brand is not what you see on the surface. It's the aspirational identity that comes with the brand. That's the value that you can, cannot get from your other options. And this aspirational identity impacts your status, your personal status in the society that you belong to and in, you know, among those peers that you operate with. But the problem is brand is something that takes a long time to come about. It's totally different than a recruitment marketing campaign for 14 days in which you're looking for clicks to the apply button. Building a brand requires delivering this distinctive difference coherently across all the touch points your target audiences have with your company. And how can you guarantee that coherence unless this delivery is something that comes very naturally from you? Something that is engraved in the DNA of your organization. And that DNA for your organization is the culture. Now, brand is not the same thing than branding or brand marketing. Brand is what differentiates differentiates your offer from the other similar options in a way that is unique and that is specific only to your organization. Nobody else can copy that. They can copy your words, they can copy your logo, they can copy your designs, they can copy, copy your prints. But they can copy that unique and distinct and specific added value of aspirational identity that is attached only to what your brand represents. Brand is what your company represents in the eyes of your target audience. And for that to be a brand... It needs to be something that they aspire to be, something that they aspire to become and be part of. Now, for your company to have an employer brand, there needs to be this unique, specific, added value to other similar options that are uh, that other similar options are unable to offer. Your audience can only get it from you, and this something needs to be natural, effortless and repeatable and come out from every single leader, manager, recruiter, talent acquisition person, any employee naturally, because otherwise it fails. Otherwise your brand fails or your attempts to brand fail to do what the brand does. A brand promises the value that I know that I will always get from this brand. 
Now, culture has everything to do with your employer branding. The only two things that are for sure different from your uh, from your competitors uh, and very unique to your culture are your real culture and the experiences that your people have about your culture. These cannot be copied. You just need to go deep enough to that DNA level. You can copy office decor, you can copy benefits, you can copy how you, you know, people talk about your company, you can copy titles and role descriptions, you can copy those logos, pictures, compensation packages, you know, career sites, but you cannot copy how it makes another person feel when they work in your company with the purpose, with the mission, with the values, with those other people delivering that customer promise, doing what you guys do that is adding value to this world. When when you are able to create this kind of a aspirational identity and you can get hold of those feelings that people have, we're talking about what impact that experience with your company as an employee, for example, has on their status, their self-esteem, their ego, and their other social-driven needs when they can say that and show that they're part of your tribe. When your employer brand is based on your organization's inner truth, your DNA, the only thing that is unique to your your organization, this is your DNA. This is the culture that, that is based on your DNA. That when you when you when you base your employer brand on on your DNA, you you actually have a possibility to achieve that real employer brand, that added value that can be repeated, that is unique to your company only, that is creating an aspiration aspirational uh, you know sense of wanting to belong to your target audiences. Anything else you you think that you're doing with employer branding? It doesn't mean a thing, isn't employer branding, unless it creates your company distinctive, repeatable, added value in the eyes of your target audiences. And then we come to the truth about your culture, because it's not usually so obvious what your real DNA is, and if what you think that is your culture is actually the core your employer brand needs to be based on. Sometimes or oftentimes, organizational cultures are not that specific, not that divined, not that clear. You know, organizations have culture. They can also have a culture of not really having a culture of any any specific sort. I mean, people can freely do what they want to do and how they want to do. But I would call these as the kind of uh, cultures that are going to be pretty inefficient, pretty inefficient management and lazy leadership-based cultures. This doesn't mean that your culture needs to be something specific. It just says that it just says that human beings have difficulties with complete freedom lack of ground rules and boundaries. It's very difficult for us humans. Only a small small portion of humans are able to prosper in an environment where they can make the rules. 
And these are your leaders. Whether official or unofficial leaders, most people like to follow. I mean, it's just safer to follow than be the one who goes first. And this is human nature. This is our instinct. I mean, if you don't want to run to the wild because you don't know if you're going to get hurt or killed. Now, some people prosper with little grand rules, just enough to give me direction and sort of, sort of like a sandbox to operate with when others find even that really uncomfortable. They'll, you know, I've worked with a lot of people that I thought that I was doing a, a really motivational uh, leadership effort, giving them a lot of space and freedom to decide how, how they wanted to do their work. And they were just so uncomfortable and they were like, they were just like really miserable until, you know, we realized like they're just the kind of people that really need to have, really need somebody to give them like a list of things to do. They love routines. They like to, re- you know, the, the, the a repeatable work and they want to have like re- really clear list of things and tasks that they do and fulfill on a daily basis. And none of these are wrong or unwanted qualities in people. It's just, you know, this is the way we are built. And some of, some of us simply must lead and some of us prefer to follow. And then some of us need direction and some security to be able to dry it out uh, before they call for help. It's very important in talent marketing to really understand human behavior. It's really important because you really need to understand how your target audience, who's your ideal target audience to start with. And then, you know, what is, you know, what resonates in them. Your company culture should be specific about how, what are the, what are the ways? How do you do things in your organization? Because part of your distinctive brand is for that brand to resonate in the people who are most ideal to work in the environment that your culture can offer them. Because changing culture or changing people to fit a culture that they don't really belong to is really impossible. You can cultivate You can develop, you can allow your culture and your people to evolve over time. But switching from one culture to another, it just requires literally changing at least all of the leaders whose behavior and decision making and, um, you know, own comfort zones would continue to set an example of how we no longer want to work here. So it's always important to match people with cultures when it comes to you know, when it comes to work life, no matter what others say, I know there's a lot of talk about like, you know, hiring to culture is like a really wrong thing. But people who say that don't understand what hiring to culture actually means. This has nothing to do with diversity and inclusion. Matching DNAs does not, has nothing to do with the surface. I just, I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go too deeply into that. Uh, so your culture, what that really means for your employer brand is that your culture gives your employer brand the DNA that results in a promise that can be delivered and repeated quite naturally by everybody in your organization. So that is the, 
When your employer brand is based on your culture, it's authentic and natural and everybody is aligned with it. And that's also why you need to take care of your culture because that's one half of the product that your employer brand represents. And if your employer brand isn't creating added value, you know, that's something extra that people can't get elsewhere, then you don't have an employer brand. Your company becomes a commodity employer who needs to compete with compensation and benefits to get people to join and stay. Your culture is really what gives your people a platform to function and to grow into what they aspire. The how we do things here consists of your values, your beliefs, your mission, your vision, your company purpose, your norms, your rules, how you treat others and so on. It's the way that you are, what you aim for, why you exist, your raison d'etre. It, that needs to resonate in your target audience. And if you can successfully achieve that, your employer brand will start to evolve. And then you can use your cultural identity and your employee experiences to expose that culture behind your employer brand to your target audiences. That's brand marketing. Brand marketing is the exercise of showing up regularly in front of your target audiences. Your culture dictates whether you have what it takes to become an employer brand. The act itself is just an exercise. And we can help you to formulate your strategy and give you a plan, but it's the culture of showing up that matters. And showing, showing up and then showing up in ways that you evoke emotions. I mean, you can still show up and you can be a wussy. You can be afraid of saying anything or doing anything, having any opinions, just showing up. But if you just show up, that's just white noise. That means nothing. So again, you know, go watch Netflix. That's better use of your time. What I mean is that you need to show up in ways that resonate in your audience, in your target audience. Because this is the thing that makes your audience want to have or want to become part of you. Because, you know, the added value is that it will elevate them socially. I also talk about how how your employer brand promise needs to be a promise of uh, of a of, of a better life, better today and better tomorrow and better future. So the elevation socially is one aspect of it and then how this, you know, being part of your company, what your how your culture contributes to me having a better today, tomorrow, and a future are the added value, the special, the unique added value that your, you know, your competitors, the other options to your people can offer. When you base your employer brand on your cultural DNA, they can copy it because no two, no two companies have the same culture. They can look like they have the same culture because they have similar offices, but your office is not your culture and your office is not your brand. It goes much deeper. So let me say once more, it is your culture that distincts your company from others, making your culture the key ingredient to your potential employer brand. And while you cannot build a brand overnight, what you already have 
are the potential ingredients of the brand because you have a culture, whether you recognize it or not. Branding is a matter of showing up and exposing your target audiences with specific, authentic experiences about your culture that over time allow them to understand better and better what becoming part of your company could be for them, how becoming part of your company could change their lives for them. Ample your brand like all brands, needs to hold a promise to an aspirational identity that elevates the status of your target audiences, adds whatever they need and yearn for their own well-being, their self-esteem, their self-identity and their ego. Employer branding is an exercise of inviting your target audience members to this aspirational transformation story that they can only join by becoming part of your company. That's why you need to know who you target to, who are the people that should care about, because not everyone will and not everybody should. Only the people that match with your cultural DNA. Only the kinds of people that want to contribute to your mission, your vision, your company goals, you know, fulfill that purpose live by your values, by your norms, by your rules, whose own DNA, your culture DNA, will elevate and enhance. Your culture-related terms and norms dictate who those people are. If you are familiar with my concept of the strategic employee, uh, strategic company culture, uh, that helps even better because now your culture is connected with your business and delivering your customer promise too. I'll put a link to modernemployerbrand.com slash podcast 96 to find more information about the strategic company culture if you're interested to hearing more about that. But for your company to one day have a brand, employer brand, because you can't build a brand overnight, you need to recognize and have that specific and distinct DNA that enhances the DNA of your target people. Your culture is that DNA. Recognize what is the aspirational story your brand has that is truly meaningful and inspiring enough for your target people. And you need to actively and consistently show up to tell that story in a way that advises those people in this aspirational transformation journey with your company. And they can achieve this same aspirational transformation journey from anywhere else. This is the distinct key thing that is your brand. This is what building a modern employer brand is. And it, because I know you are, well, because I know who you are, I and I know what you're like, I know that you're going to be thinking like, what is this? I don't understand what this is. You need a system to approach modern employer branding and a plan to build your employer brand. And that's exactly what my method, the magnetic employer branding me- method gives you. And this is why rethinking employer branding is just so critical and, you know, what rethinking employer branding means is critical for you to understand that. I teach that rethought. I've done the rethinking. And I teach that rethought version of employer branding that I call, you know, building a modern employer brand based on this method. I teach it at talent marketing school for people like you who want to do talent marketing that actually makes a difference, that has a lasting impact. I teach it step by step in bits and in bobs because you can't really transform 
from a conventional talent marketer into a modern marketer overnight. And it would be impossible to help you to rethink it, decode it, put it all in practice, learn the skills within just one course. That's why I founded a whole school for it. You need to start by undoing everything that you believe and thought employer branding is in order to rebuild it from those modern bits and bobs. But those modern bits and bobs will be available for your talent marketing school. Alrighty. Again, I'm asking you to let this sink in. It's a lot of stuff, I understand. But once you have, come back for another episode next week on how to build a, mo- build a modern employer brand in the world where people no longer want to pay attention to mini marketing. My name is Susanna Rantanen. I teach modern employer branding and talent marketing school. And I wish you Happy New Year. Moi moi.